Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Now, tonight's guests, and I pluralize guests, they're, they've been on the show before, and, you know, I, I'm always stoked to see them. I'm always, always stoked to hear them play music. I'm always stoked to see, like, what they're creating. I've had the honor of, like, sharing the stage with them, I think, twice. can't really remember. I'm getting old. Things start to blend together. At least twice. Twice to our recollection. Had to be twice. <laughs> and, um, you know, the thing I liked about both of them is they both have a unique sense of creativity towards their songwriting. You know, like the songs you can relate to, you can sing to. And they also coincidentally kind of sound like you've had them in your head for years and didn't know it. You know, I went through a little YouTube list today of the Caulfields and, uh, you know, I mean, like amazing songwriting. Ike was an amazing band, Country Hawk, and it was the first time I ever saw a billboard on 76 West, I think it, no, 76, yes, East where I was like, wow, I know those guys. They're on a billboard. And it was a really big deal to me. It's still a big deal now at age 40. I was a young man at that time. And uh, looking back on it fondly, I think that, you know, I'm just pleased to know tonight's uh, esteemed guests, Mr. Brett Talley and John Fay of the band, the Caulfields, Ike, other super groups we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, here they are. Bring them into the gallery. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Thanks for having us. Man. I couldn't be better. Um, I know you guys are in the middle of like a media blitz. You know what I mean? Like the band, your re reunion, you know, just playing music for the first time in front of people. Yeah. I saw that you had like a crowd of like four or five people and the energy was like electric. People were like, yes, let's play like live. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. I want to switch it up for you both. And I want to do something fun this evening. Oh, you want to do this around town and we talk? I can take my. Let me take my clothes off. Up. All right. You can start like that if you'd like. But see what you did. <laughs> we went around town and we asked all the Bobcast listeners to compile a list. Now I'm going to give you this list tonight, and these are the top five all-time Christmas movies. Ooh. And I'm going to give it to you in order from five to one, and you guys can chime in at any time and see if it conflicts with what the Bobcast listeners are saying. Okay, how's that sound? All right. So we're giving you our opinion? Chime in with whatever you want. Feel, feel free to just express yourselves and to cut me off at any time. That's where <laughs> Number five, It's a Wonderful Life. It deserves to be on there. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> Which is probably not going to be the case for all five of these, if I'm being honest. <laughs> First off, now I know this bit's going to work, so we're going to roll with it. This is going to be great. Number four, Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. That one I've seen a lot. <laughs> that should be uh, that should be number one. Okay, so me and uh, matter of fact, me and John, we we talked at length about Christmas Story. What was it going to the gig or coming home yeah, from the gig? On the way to the gig yesterday, I was just going to say, do you say it's number one in spite of the uh, the phony review or whatever? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Does it have like a higher? So Bob, level? I don't. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Brad. No, have you seen have you seen the uh, honest trailer for a Christmas Story? I uh, have not seen that one, no. I imagine it is amazing, though. Oh, you um, should check that out. You should check it out because it makes one you, thing I can it makes say you think twice sure, about whether it's an actual Christmas movie. Yeah, there's a lot of films like that. There's so many films that come to mind. Um, since we're uh, stretched for time, we're going to move through the list, and I really uh, I appreciate your uh, thoughts. Please feel free to chime in at any time. Number three, Elf. Didn't see it. Wow. Didn't see it? No. Mr. Tally? 
Nah, you know, look, I mean, uh, this is where, you know, I mean, Brent and I share a lot of things in common, but he's way more of a, a movie buff than I am. Okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, uh, you know, you might be surprised by some of the yeah, movies overrated. I have seen in my life, but uh, Elf is not one of them. Right. Uh, Mr. Any thoughts, Mr. Talley, on uh, the Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan of Elf. I always found it very overrated, and I'm not actually a Will Ferrell fan. Okay, so even though we are miles apart, I can still feel the the room just drop out. <laughs> like a dungeon here in my, uh, <laughs> where the film Elf just dampered everybody's holidays here. But hey, yeah. my kids like to so shout out the time. Um, okay, number two. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. That's classic one, too. That would, that would be my number two. Two times now where it's been like a meh answer. Like, yeah. What, from John? <laughs> now you both have one. So, I mean, I, mean I, I think I've seen that movie once when it came out, and really? I never watched it again. <laughs> well, so you're not a, a, a film guy, but later this evening, your knowledge will come into play as we continue <laughs> on. Okay. Bob Cash Extravaganza. Thanks, Bob. Holidays. Thanks for week. including me. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, all time. And, you know, I have to, like, chime in here and, and kind of say I do agree in a way because I never forget it. And I do believe you both know the movie theater that I'm talking about when I say I saw this film at the Eric Queen 1 and 2, I believe, in Roxborough, then became like the House of Bargains later. Uh, I forget <laughs> what it was. I remember the Eric Theaters chain, yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, the place was sold out, and I never forgot like how the kids reacted towards the main character as he wreaked havoc in the house with a slew of booby traps. And I'm talking about Macaulay Culkin as McAllister in the film mm -hmm. Home Alone. And like over the years, as it comes on, it becomes more and more a part of Christmas. It's odd, like growing up with the film. Like I think I was like 12 when it came out. Right. But that's the number one Bombcast local influence of uh, Christmas films. My, uh, my, my son has just discovered Home Alone, and that's all he's been watching is the first and second one over and over and over. And uh, I watched it with him the, uh, the other night, and I actually forgot just how violent it is. Yeah. And uh, for a family film, and uh, it intrigued me and it made me like it on another level. So <laughs> I don't think I would make it my number one Christmas movie. But yeah, I mean, I can see why it deserves to be in there. And to be honest, I actually had the uh, Home Alone 2 talk boy. Oh, yeah. And I used, I used that to record MTV videos at the time. And I remember when Pearl Jam Unplugged <laughs> came out. I had my, my Home Alone 2 talk boy aimed at my TV, which I was so dumb at the time, I didn't understand how stereo image worked, so I was only recording one speaker, and I would listen to the Pearl Jam Unplugged tape forever, and all I learned was Mike McCready's parts, because that's the <laughs> speaker I recorded. That's how I got into Pearl Jam. So how old go. are you at this point, Fred? Uh, so what is that? When, when, when's Unplugged come out, Bob? Is that 91 or two? I believe I was like, yeah, 12, maybe 92. Yeah, hey, I was 12. I was 12, John. So God forbid you don't know about stereo in the <laughs> Well, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a huge music lover. I should know those things. Like, why do headphones come in tune? Should have known coming out of the womb. Yeah. 1992. It's confirmed with Amazon. That means it's true. All right. Hey, I was 12. Stop. 12 years old. Me too. So, I mean, like, just an amazing experience seeing that band. We can now mm -hmm. see the... the what I love about the Bobcast is now we can go into a Pearl Jam tangent real quick. 
Yeah, John's going to love this. The fact that, you know, Pearl Jam comes out with this album with themes about the end of the world, and they're about to tour, not necessarily the end of the world, but they were trying to show, like, the global scale of, like, you know, Earth and stuff like that, and then mm. COVID hits. My buddy Drew, um, you guys know Didgeridoo, I think. I think you know him, John. He's, he's so great, yes. and, you know, he's really inspired by Eddie Vedder. So I started listening to Pearl Jam again, and that new album it really is phenomenal, especially some of the bass and drums that they laid down. It doesn't really get enough credit, you know? But yeah, the production's pretty good. It's really good. Yeah, I, it actually surprised me because I wasn't a huge fan of the first single, um, but the album yeah, I think itself. They picked the wrong one. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, the album uh, surprised me. It's one of their better uh, releases. So um, now back to the Bobcasts holiday extravaganza. Now, an interesting thing about top Bobcast local fans' Christmas songs that they like the most is that most of them didn't they don't know who originally sang the song. And that's the odd thing about Christmas songs is people know them by heart, but have no clue who the singer is. So tonight we will see if the two fellows here in the zoom chat room (laughs) (laughs) and see what their knowledge is. All right. Starting at number five. Here we go. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Bing, Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby, yeah. Right, you guys are good. So you guys are obviously musicians, okay? We should start with this one. Number four, Jingle Bells. Uh, which version? It's a really good... Well, I guess that's the question, right? I mean... Yeah, well, okay, so that's great. So I'll lead in and I won't try to pull any humility out because it's just not right because you guys would never know this because you know 1898 is the first time jingle bells ever comes around wow edison male quartet and i do believe there is a recording that i've yet to uh, listen to i did the research just wow. recording this holiday extravaganza that's pretty cool isn't that crazy like and it's so ingrained like these 1898 songs. that's what i want to ask you guys about i want you to see like what you're like, what's your thoughts into, like, these Christmas songs? What makes a classic Christmas song? You know what I mean? Uh, like, yes. The jingle bells throughout the song, not nonstop. That's how you know it's Christmas. That's how you know yeah. to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, to answer your question, Bob, was it James um, Pierpoint or Pierpont that wrote your, um, Jingle Bells? Um. I don't know. That's only, that's only because Google so Google told me so. So yeah, that's the odd thing, right? So like, also no. we believe whatever the internet tells us, right? Yeah, I I, I I have no idea. It's like to be honest, my favorite uh, snippet of Jingle Bells is uh, when Barbara Streisand breaks into it. It's like Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle. Bell. <laughs> it's like so embarrassingly lame that it's great. <laughs> like right, my life. So, Right. Number three here on the list. Walking in a Winter Wonderland. Uh, Bye. Does anybody know? Uh, mm, good question. Yeah, I have no idea. Bing Crosby. That's also it was Bing. Bing. He made wow. it twice. He's like I was gonna he, say Bing, but I was like, ah, Bob wouldn't do that. Walking in a- I mean, like. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I think Bing Crosby is the MVP of Christmas music. He's always up in there, you know? Well, you don't think Johnny Mathis? In the Santa hat, you know, it's a classic. Yeah. Classic, yeah. You know, he did uh, Mela Kaliki Maka, too. Kaliki Maka. 
is the wise thing. There you go. That takes me right to Christmas Vacation right there. Yeah, it's such a great film. I mean, it's such a shame that they followed it up with Vegas Vacation because it yeah. became like a <laughs> natural lampoon of a lampoon, which was right. so odd, you know? Like, a lampoon of a lampoon. <laughs> um, number two. And uh, I don't know how I feel about this song because it, I don't know why, but it makes me think of Marty McFly. I'm talking about <laughs> rocking around the clock tonight. Do you know who sings that? Uh, you mean rocking yeah, around the Christmas uh, tree or rock sorry, around my bad, the clock? My bad, my bad. Yeah, I have chicken scratch here. Yes, it is rocking around the Christmas tree. Excuse me. <laughs> rocking around. It's a female it's artist. It's female. Yeah, it's female. Um, Brenda Lee. I, no, I would have oh. never known that. Never. I don't even know who she is. What's her name? Let, Brenda Lee is the originator. Oh, of Brenda Lee. Christmas. Yes. But Brenda Lee saying, I'm sorry. I'm oh, wow. No. Oh. Yes. Wow. Nice. All right, and then number one, which is just, I guess it's- Let me guess, is it Paul McCartney? Yeah, you guess too, John. What number one would be? Yeah. Uh, uh, it better not, or, or uh, what was the- This um, is according to Bobcast listeners? <laughs> in the Philadelphia local area. In the Philadelphia, <laughs> okay, only in the Philadelphia <laughs> And also, tiny bits of Australia, tiny bits of Japan. I love okay. that. Some is it uh, feed, well. feed the World? John, did you give me a response? I did not. <laughs> I, um, okay, I'll guess Blue Christmas. Hmm. Sadly, uh, fellas, the show is now over. It's sleigh bells. <laughs> so, oh, well, you guys would never even guess this, but I mean, the guy who originally wrote Sleigh Bells Ring is Arthur Felter. I don't know how to uh, actually spell his last name, but that's the dude. But yeah, those are the songs. It's very interesting, too. That sleigh Bells Ring? What is that, what is that even? Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? Mm. Oh, walking in a winter wonderland. Is, yeah. Isn't that, is that, isn't that the name of it? Oh, you know what? Walking in a winter yeah, wonderland. Yeah. Right. right now within the list is because people, I'm singing that, that's, Well, you know what? This is exactly what they said in, so <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> this, this, this These podcast fans cannot be trusted. <laughs> you can't be trusted at all, man. You can't, you can't, can't throw them out of a sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> so both of you guys um, celebrated Christmas growing up, correct? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, technically yes. Technically what, yes. What's one toy um, that you guys both really, really wanted as you were growing up? Uh, hmm. I can't really remember a toy, but um, the first thing that I really was obsessed with getting that I ended up getting was a Super 8 movie camera, which was in uh, the you know, it was probably, I was like 12 or 13, I want to say. And uh, that was like, that opened up my world because I started making movies. And um, the brawl, that, is that the brawl camera? That was the, that was the camera that shot the brawl. <laughs> so Bob, since uh, we have to let you in on this, uh, my friends and I wrote a song by song parody of Pink Floyd's The Wall. We wrote parody lyrics to all four sides and we were going to make a whole movie about it. And uh, we've shot it on Super 8 and got through roughly uh, side one and uh, maybe a, a couple songs off the later part. <laughs> that was wow. it. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, think I, I think I know the camera that you're talking about, too, as well. I, I mean, if I can find a picture of it, I'll pop it up here on the screen for uh, it's a It's a Chin-On Super 8 handheld uh, movie camera. About yay big. You still have it? You still have no, a, just no I don't. I don't, unfortunately. 
Mm. Should we start like a GoFundMe to find it for you? <laughs> Somebody sure. else take care of that for I'd me? I'd love to have it back. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that would make me happy. Brad, what about you? Was there one coveted item that you wanted for the Christmas holidays? Uh, yeah, uh, it wasn't a toy either. It was um, my first guitar because um, the very first one I had was a rental from the store where I took lessons. And um, the rental was not that great. Um, mm. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, actually, there's a picture on Facebook uh, of me with it. But yeah, I, I asked for like an actual real guitar, and uh, I don't have it anymore because it broke. <laughs> I think we talked about this once, and like our regrets about throwing out like or getting yeah. treating our original guitars with respect. If you're somebody who's young out there listening to this, treat your stuff good. Treat your gear. I, like I would give anything to get back this Memphis like guitar that was just a piece of junk, you know, like mm -hmm. to Zaps music back in the day. But they sold it to me, and I should have kept it, you know. Yeah. By the way, gentlemen, the number one song actually because I actually, you know, I'm with my son. He's four years old. We also have a puppy, five months old. Thoughts are scattered here at the Cahill House. Number <laughs> 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 song is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Ah, oh, okay. Fine. That's a good one. I want to know, um, this is an interesting subject, right? As a parent, you guys are both parents, right? Mm -hmm. Here's something that like, I find, there's two se separate types of parents, right? The one parent on Christmas morning who allows their kid to open the biggest box in the room or the greatest box first and not direct the children around to which gifts to be open first. You, you feel me on this one? Mm-hmm, sure. I was reflecting on this today that that was the kernel seeds of the secret finally getting out. Just been like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. what's going on here with this? Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, right. Why open this box right here? How did you know? Yeah, how did you know? So, <laughs> I mean, like, um, I guess That's really, though, ultimately, I mean, you guys are dads and you know it. You know, it's like to, you know, get something for your kid. Have you ever gone so far, like, you know, to get one item during the Christmas season, similar to the film, I guess, uh, Jingle All the Way with Schwarzenegger. You ever see that one, Brett? Uh, no, I'm happy to say I haven't. It's um, so bad, dude. It's so bad. No, I, um, no, you know what? I'm happy to say that anything I've had to get him, I've always found with ease. Um, yeah, I, um, Yeah, I would say the same, you know, like, my kids just... <laughs> I mean, I, I, when they were real little, they didn't much care what they got, you know? I mean, they weren't really, uh, you know, oh, I got to have this or that. So, you know, if you got them some cool stuff, they were pretty happy with it. And now, like, you know, they just ask for money yeah. <laughs> at their age. <laughs> it's interesting because it's, it's like, you know, when you really, like, try to look at, like, the, you know, the holiday season, you know, I mean, like, it is all about just doing nice things for other people, being around your family. This year is obviously going to be tough because of what's going on and stuff like that. But it's like, I really want to start a trend tonight. I was wondering if you guys could help me out and see if it's a great idea, because I think your, your songwriting actually could lend towards his talents. Why isn't like people rallying, rallying around the fact that you could possibly, if we follow direction, have Christmas in July and follow through with the song. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think because, you know, Christmas time, you, it's all part of the cold. You want the snow, yeah, you but, know? But here, I've, I've already prepared in my head a retort for this. <laughs> okay, go ahead. It, it's, He's it, laying it, the groundwork it's already. not that way. But think about this. We think that way because we grew up here in Philadelphia, you know, PA, where we get all these seasons. Right. I can't stand the change of weather. I always get sinus infections. I really hate it. You know what I mean? But, hey, that's where we're from. 
Right. But I have celebrated in other places where the climate's different. We associate the weather with Halloween. Right. Too, as That's well. right. Halloween. Well, uh, I mean, December 25th is Jesus's birthday, Bob. I mean, like, they didn't even have, like, any possibilities of a calendar. You know what I mean? It was just the day of. <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> they didn't I care. Mean, they were like, dude, you, know, you got to go write this down real quick. You know what I mean? Like, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yo, this baby's going to be something. <laughs> you're a monk, okay? <laughs> got no calendars, no proof, but you have to believe. And I guess that's what Christmas is all about. It's actually mm-hmm. clean, right? So, I mean... It, it's odd, though, that people have to associate things with certain days. Like Thanksgiving has to be celebrated on that Thursday. It actually feels like Thanksgiving on that day. Am I correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. Our psyche. I so understand. why not rearrange the holidays, have Christmas in, in July? Because, uh, I mean... Are you saying this to replace December or in addition to? Well, for all the people right now who are complaining <laughs> that they can't spend it with their loved ones because... Oh, uh, right. And you guys know because you have to be... You're, you're musicians and you have to be on Facebook, so you have to bear witness and you don't have to comment on this if you don't like, but you see all the negativity that's on there between sure. you know, people who are fans of your music. And it's like, as artists, it's very hard for people to, it, like an artist can't really respond to it because these people's opinions isn't the reason they like your music. You know what I mean? They like your mm-hmm. music because they like what you're coming out with. Right, right. right. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't uh, think it would work. People don't like change. And right. you know, I would agree with that. <clears throat> no, right? They hate it. They get so. Yeah, I mean, how dare you even say that? Right. I mean, just look at like any stand-up comedian today. They make one joke that one person doesn't like. That one person will then go through like you know twenty years of, you know, history to find something to bring them down, and then that one person will destroy an entire career because one guy had a problem with a joke. So try to imagine. Hey, let's do Christmas in July for real. Uh, all the Christians would go crazy. John, don't you think? <laughs> well, you know, I have very strong opinions about that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I got to be honest, Bob. Christmas has never really been my thing. You know, I don't have great memories, like, particularly mm-hmm. that I, like, carry through to adulthood. There's actually, you know, some, some, some rather unpleasant things that I associate with the holiday. So, to me, um, I just think, like, Every day of the year, if you could be good to people and love your fellow man and and do the things that they say you're supposed to do, uh, you know, over the Christmas holidays, I think we'd be better off as a culture and not so fixated on it, you know. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I I, um, I also have a, a brother podcast series called BobbyVibrations.com, and it's kind of like a self-help, self-awareness type thing. And I was talking about something very similar to what you were saying recently on the an episode. And it's like, we're, you know, like be good all the time, make memories all the time with your family. Yeah. Don't make memories when it's convenient towards the time of like what other people are conspiring all to do together. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I agree. Yeah. So people, do I. People take life for granted so much that they, they don't know how to relish the moments and the memories. They're more concerned with the materialism of like, you know, Christmas and stuff like that. I once, uh, I once had a friend who said to me, holidays are nothing but Kodak moments and nothing more. And I always like, thought that stuck with me. It's like, you know, uh, even like grade school, kindergarten, graduations, like none of it matters. All the parents want is the picture and Christmas. It's like, let's get the, you know, how many Christmas parties have you been to where they're like, oh, everyone get together, everyone get together. Okay, that's all well and good, Brett, but what about the wise lyrics of Paul Simon? Oh, go ahead. In Old Friends, 
you know, I have a photograph. That's true. There are memories. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's left you. <laughs> don't don't wait for the holidays to take those photos. I you know? thoroughly agree with that. Yeah, you know? I always take pictures. Always make memories. You know, I always call it masterpiece memories. It's like when you know you like you click something in your mind. You're like, oh, that was a good one. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna remember that with my kid or like you know, try try to like you know be in the moment and like also too. I mean. First off, it's very nice to have you guys back on my show because it's, you know, it's a distraction from one of these devices, you know what I mean? Like I'm actually <laughs> using technology to talk to you guys, but people are so separated and they're also connected at the same time through technology. It's such a weird time to be alive. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are making music. And um, it brings me um, finally to our last topic of the evening, you know, like this, this live performance. Tell me what's going on with uh, the music scene. And I'm so stoked that you guys are still doing it, by the way. You know what I mean? I miss, I miss the scene. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, to, to, uh, to go back scene. and remember when. But tell me, like, what brought the Caulfields back together? Well, uh, you know, it's an anniversary year for us. You know, 2020 is 25 years since our first uh, album on A&M came out. So, um, you know, we started the year, like a lot of people, with... <laughs> great optimism (laughs) over what we were going to do and accomplish. And we had all these shows booked and it just, obviously we all know what happened. So um, I think a lot of what we've done this year is try to figure out a way to still have it be a celebratory thing for us. Cause it's, you know, it's something that means a lot to us. I mean, Brett's a new member of the band, but he, um, you know, he's very aware of our history. I've shared a lot of stories with him. And, you know, so for me personally, it's been, you know, how can I reconnect with these guys who meant so much to me and still do um, and do something meaningful? And so that's why we've gotten together. We've played some live stream shows. We've recorded a couple songs. And that's, you know, I mean, Brett can attest when we rehearsed for our live stream last week, it was just nonstop stupidity and, and laughing and that's what you that's what I miss from being in a band you know what I mean like I'm, I'm sure you might feel this way too it's like the camaraderie that you feel when the four or five of you or however many there are are just in a room together and that's that's what I relish you know what I mean like that's what I really love about playing music with other people and it's you know the tunes are almost incidental sometimes. It's like how much fun you're having and how much you're laughing in between them, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss that feeling. I know exactly what you're talking about, where you're just, you're so prepared for it because of being so well rehearsed that like while you're up there, you're just having fun. And it's like, it's like being on autopilot, you know what I mean? And you're like, mm-hmm. all right, here we go. You know what I mean? And like, you're anticipating changes in real time, but you know they're coming and everything's great. I miss being in a band tremendously. I, my band Downtown Harvest was about to get back together we picked the wrong year man like i was excited for that i knew i knew about that and you know i loved you guys man Mm -hmm. i love playing with you guys too i mean like ike was a big deal back in the day you know what i mean like uh i never forget playing the world cafe live seeing brett with that uh joker shirt i was like whoa (laughs) i want that one i remember uh i remember that vividly I was like, I need you to take that shirt off and let me wear it on stage. You're like, no. <laughs> I need you to peel that shirt off right now. But, you know, nostalgia is fun to relish in and memories like that are really, they're precious to me because it's like we, we had so much fun before the internet just took over everything. Even now, like as we suffer with the live stream, like, you know, but you can connect with it, I guess. You know, 
I'm just happy that I connected with people, you know, and in yeah. a time and place that, you know, wasn't constricted. And I hope that music, when it does come back, it comes back strong and people respect it for what it is, you know? I hope you're right. Playing on my show uh, for the last like four episodes or five, no more Flyers games on TV above the band. Turn the TV off, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Look at your phone <laughs> if you want to know what's going on with the game. Pay attention to musicians and be respectful towards them. Brett, um, you know, you're also recording stuff uh, solo in your um, your studio, which is below you, like uh, the cave in Wayne Manor, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So are you actually standing above the back computer right now? <laughs> uh, no, right now I'm above the drums. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the drums would be under me. You know, I was like, you, I know you, uh, you have a job and stuff like that, but I was down your area the other day. I bought some drums off this guy. Uh, I, I saw a Facebook ad. You know how Facebook ads, it's either hit or miss. You're like, I don't know yeah. if I can buy this or not. Is it true? Yeah, right. He hooked me up for a great price, and uh, he couldn't be nicer. I, I shouldn't say his name because, you know, it's the internet, but uh, you right. know, I'm pretty sure you might know him. Uh, I mentioned some of the local Philly bands, but that's the thing about Philly bands. You guys continue to do things because people respected your music so so much, you know? Like Ike was just like a phenomenal band too as well, you know, like legendary. Legendary mm-hmm. riffs, you know, like legendary songwriting. Thanks. Man. I'm excited that you guys yeah, are still doing it, you know what I mean? Yep. So I mean like besides music, like how else do you keep yourself busy before you know you play? Is there any other hobbies right now you got going on? It's just all music. Well, for me, um, I've been uh, spending a lot of time trying to write a book for the past couple of years. So it's been, um, you know, a very intensive kind of process, you know, balancing everything. I mean, uh, you know, if I think about like what it's like to write, you know, for a book as opposed to writing a song, I mean, the process is really different. Obviously, it's like a very long form thing and you kind of have to have like the arc of the whole thing in mind as you're going um uh so it's that's how i've been spending my time basically if i have any non-musical time to spare that's what i've been doing i'm glad that you're uh, taking your time with it. the last time you were on my show i, I believe it was a few years ago and you yeah you know chipping out of them but you know I, it, I do agree novel writing is very it's a very long process but it's very rewarding when it all comes together i look forward to reading that as well thanks Brett, I, I know you're also making like a whole bunch of sounds in your studio too. I mean, that is music, but I mean, is there anything else going on in your life right now that you're enjoying? Um, John Fay. That's, um, John. <laughs> That's the best answer I've ever gotten. He's enjoying my, uh, yeah. Honestly, outside of music, I would say music has been like 90% of what I've been doing right now. Um, I would just say uh, I call my pod, you know, like my close friends that like I still get to see, you know, and that's John, uh, Jay Moralia, who's playing drums on my record. And then um, uh, my buddies, Caleb and Phil, who I play in bangering with. Um, I see them once in a while. Um, I've just been uh, relishing my time with friends, um, not even um, – playing music, you know, just getting together. And like John said, well, the Caulfield's rehearsal, I think we were there like a good hour and a half before we even picked up a guitar to start rehearsing. And um, just watching those guys, you know, you know, uh, I'm going to use the word, John, conversate. <clears throat> um, you can just say converse. Yeah, converse. But <laughs> I wanted to say conversate because of uh, yesterday. Gets me off. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but really that, and I've been trying to um, – uh, listen to more music, 
instead of uh, creating it. Um, that's one thing I feel like I, uh, I don't do enough. Is I, I understand what you're saying about that. It's very hard as a musician to, to listen to stuff because it's like, uh, it's, it's weird. It's a weird thing that people don't really talk about. You know? Yeah. I do listen to music, but I only listen to like, I listen to an album over and over again. I think I have a problem. Yeah. I have like, uh, like I'll like latch onto it and just go over and over it again. I'm learning the drums in this this quarantine like whatever yeah. you know awesome. i've always played mm -hmm. bass and uh, i'm moving on past that now the bass is uh it's gone my son's gonna play it <laughs> and that's nice. it you know it's over good <laughs> and I, but it's been fun too and like i picked up a little bit of piano in like the interim you know like i always yeah. you know i would mess around with it and play like a them belly fool but they're hungry bob marley bass line you know like just just not knowing you know but to actually sit down and to like figure it out yeah, I actually, I've been trying to um, learn piano a little bit more too. And I've actually um, um, talked to a few people about uh, uh, helping me a little bit more. Yeah, it's a difficult, it, it's a, like, there's so many different things. And the thing I didn't really anticipate is how percussive it is, you know? Yeah. I didn't think like, you know, I could put rhythm into it, but I mean, like, I guess like some of the greatest like piano players, that's what they're known for and not just, yeah. like, you know, the notes. Do you guys uh, are you have any other more like live shows coming up or anything like that you're doing in the future for any of like uh, your office? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, not no. for me anyway. I mean, I don't know. You know, uh, well, Brett like, and I were hopefully going to be maybe doing a couple more live streams in the not too distant future, uh, but we had like so much stuff going on with the call fields as you as you as you put it, a, a media blitz that. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it's just every everything is just focused on that right now. You know, with, with the single that came out, and you know, we've got a video that's still yet to come out, and so you know, I feel like it's really great to have the band be you know busy and focused and pushing something forward. You know, like a specific song with a you know a, an agenda of you know a ra raising money for charity and stuff like that. But it also feels like all I do all day is just mm. like post stuff and be on Facebook and Instagram. And it's, it's not necessarily the most fulfilling <laughs> life. You know, I'm kind of glad that, you know, we're in a position where, you know, I mean, we're not, you know, like a band that's like out there trying to like make it or whatever, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like, we know that there's like, that this intensity is going to, relax again in the near future and it's not going to be our life where it's just like you're just on this cycle of like okay we got to promote this and then we're going on this thing and then we got to wake up and do that and all that you know right now it's just fun because we're you know we feel kind of like we're back doing it again but we also know like all right we're going to be able to take a respite from this in the, in the not too distant future also so that's what kind of makes it cool and fun for us or for me anyway this was uh, the time of year that you would be putting on a show at the World Cafe Live back in the day. You're absolutely right. You want yeah. to talk about that for the ones who are not familiar? <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I think there were at least 10 of them. I, I can't remember exactly how many we did, but Mistletoe Jam was a concert that was annually put on at World Cafe Live, normally on Boxing Day, uh, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Yeah, and... Um, you know, it was always a fun, it was always a very fun thing, but also a whole lot of work to put together. Um, it was a WMMR show, and um, I was the person in charge of 
of compiling the bands and, and, you know, the promotion of it and stuff like that. And it was extremely cool. I mean, to be honest, you know, this kind of links back in, Bob, with what I was saying earlier about, you know, Christmas has never really been, it never really been that thing for me that it is for so many people. And what Mistletoe Jam gave me that feeling I was missing mm. every year. And that, that's, I, you know, looking back on it, I think that's part of why I dedicated myself so much to it is because it allowed me to have that thing to look forward to that, which December 25th, unfortunately, in my case was not that, you know, so the day after when I got to play shows with, with Ike and, you know, a couple other, you know, all these other great bands, you know, that were part of it. That's, mm -hmm. that was Christmas for me. That was like the best present I could get. Mm -hmm. You just broke my heart. <laughs> and that's true because uh, he's all, he has always said that um, yeah. from the time I've known him about those gigs that uh, the mistletoe jam was John's Christmas. I'm yeah. very, um, I'm sorry to hear that, but I mean, at the same time, it really, it, it was a special thing, you know, and like putting together a show is a very difficult process and you did it really well. And that's why you guys are still doing things, you know, and I really appreciate it. It's a great note to end on. I feel, you know, this evening is like the spirit of Christmas, you know, it can come in many different forms. And I think what you guys are doing is great because you're bringing people back together virtually. If that's all we can do at the moment, mm -hmm. but bringing people together and having that, mm -hmm. you know, Brother. Love will keep us together, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> always, right? The songwriting process always knows, you know? Mm -hmm. the, the songs find the way, you know what I mean? But like I said, um, I was super stoked that you guys wanted to come back on the show. I appreciate you going along with the Bobcast game. It was, it was uh, a pleasure. I love it. Yeah, always, yeah. Bob. You know that. Yeah, I, I enjoy uh, all of your, your art, your music, and I continue uh, to receive it in my old, Thank you. wise, <laughs> later wizard years <laughs> but um and bob yeah. i just wanted to say too that i'm happy that uh your grandmother is doing well thank you i just saw that uh, um, message uh today too that you sent back to me i really appreciate it because yeah. that to me is like the spirit of christmas is caring for somebody and loving them unconditionally is what you really have to do in life no matter what you know mm -hmm. so with that Good. being said my name's bob this is brett talley this is john fay this has been another episode of bobcast thanks bob thanks bob peace folks.